Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Hall of Famer Wes Chesson will join us live in about 30 minutes. He's headed into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame later this week. Duke wide receiver legend. You've heard his voice as a broadcaster. He's an Edenton, North Carolina native, was an amazing player and member of our community. Wes Chesson live in 30 minutes. Joining us now, he is the Virginia Tech and ACC beat writer for the Richmond Times-Dispatch and its accompanying website. I can promise you that Mike Barber probably had little experience on the following two subjects that came up in the last week related to Virginia Tech that have become national stories in various ways. It would be impossible for Mike to have covered a story where two brothers were picked in the same first round of the same NFL draft because it's never happened before until it happened at Virginia Tech last Thursday night. And brothers Tremaine and Terrell went to the Bills and the Steelers at number 16 and number 28 overall. And there's no way he could have ever covered a story where an assistant football coach had his extramarital affair exposed on social media with the estranged husband of the woman involved in the affair, started sending stuff to the university and to newspapers and to media outlets. It's crazy stuff, Mike Barber. I don't know how you navigated those waters, but I'm glad you're joining us on the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm great, and thanks for having me. And you're right. I mean, you can't think of two uh, more different stories. Uh, everybody loves to break big news, but that Galen Scott story was about as strange a scoop as, as I've ever had in my my career and you know something we found out about two weeks before the news broke and, and honestly my thought was it's kind of nobody's business yeah uh, but his own and his family but when he's forced to resign from the job and he's just been promoted to co-defensive coordinator I, I think at that point your readers deserved the whole story and so uh yeah I'd known about the, that mess for about two weeks but uh didn't decide to, to share any of it until he actually resigned. Yeah, and for those who don't know, I came up with a journalism background and a journalism degree and, and a, a newspaper slash magazine website background before this goofy sports radio stuff. And I don't think most folks realize that in the traditional news world, you get all sorts of information that does not automatically turn into an article or a story, right? As you said, okay, this man is an assistant football coach at Virginia Tech, but if he's having marital issues or even an extramarital affair, that doesn't make it a sports story, right? So how did you all handle whatever information this man sent you before he turned around and I guess just started making it a social media public forum after contacting you all in the media and then Virginia Tech officials on top of it? Yeah, well, it was interesting because the emails uh, became increasingly more uh, graphic, for lack of a better term, uh, with dates and uh, locations and, and exact allegations of, of what people were doing where. And, uh, you know, you get these emails, and, and we looked through the, the list of who they were sent to, and it was only sent to our newspaper, but it was sent then to every coach and administrator at Virginia Tech. Right. Um, but, again, I think, you know, what you said, it's, it's not anybody's business if this guy's having personal problems. Now, the fact that, uh, you know, the the, uh, the husband in this case chose to come forward and, and make it public and also put some of this stuff on Twitter, um, you know, that makes it a little borderline. But our discussion was basically, hey, unless it's going to affect his job, his status, if he's being investigated by the university, if it's just a problem in his home, that's none of our business. So we basically sat on it and, and, and then – uh, when he was forced to resign, it was important, I thought, at that point to give it some context. 
Mike Barber is joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at RTD underscore Mike Barber. That's for Richmond Times Dispatch at RTD underscore Mike Barber. We may never know the answer to this question. And for those just joining us, co-defensive coordinator Galen Scott. I mean, what a great promotion, right? You get to you get to work side by side with Bud Foster, one of the greatest defensive coordinators in college football history. Uh, so co-DC Galen Scott has resigned after his extramarital affair was published on Twitter and otherwise uh, by the wife or by the husband of the woman that he was having the affair with. Do we not know, Mike, uh, if it was kind of described as a mutual thing, right, between the university and Galen Scott? There's no allegation that Galen Scott was breaking university rules or, you know, whining and dining this woman entirely misappropriating recruiting budget funds or anything like that, right? That might have made it a true sports story, but it feels like it just falls back on the personal stuff. Absolutely, and I, and I think that was the initial allegation, and and that's why it deserves some poking into, and we did look into it. But it doesn't appear he did uh, anything wrong in the context of being an assistant football coach at Virginia Tech. Um, what you also have to understand is that Galen Scott and Justin Fuente, Virginia Tech's head coach, are the closest of friends. Yes. Uh, they worked together at Illinois State. Galen actually introduced Coach Fuente to Coach Fuente's wife. I mentioned so that earlier in the show. Really I can't even imagine this dynamic. And go ahead and elaborate more on that because I think I read in your article, I mean, any of us, this is just a human being story before it's a sports story. This is not just a member of your staff in the nomadic existence of assistant football coaches. Guy introduces you to the woman who becomes your wife, and I think it was in your article, Mike, where, where what? They were assistant coaches who roomed together on the road for years, which is how they, you know, their paths ended up back together at Memphis and then at Virginia Tech, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're as close as, you know, any two coaches in the business, and, and that's why uh, Galen was at uh, Memphis with Justin and why he came to Virginia Tech, and um, and when I talked to Galen, now he hadn't talked to any other media at that point when I spoke to him, and he just was a guy who was devastated by the mistakes he made, and I almost got the vibe that he just wanted somebody to talk to. Yeah. Um, it wasn't necessarily that he wanted his story in the paper. He just he wanted to tell somebody uh, how bad he had messed up. And you know, I asked him, I said, did you sit down with Coach Fuente? And he said, yeah, we talked. And he said, he admitted to me that you know the first thing he did that was wrong was he kind of didn't didn't uh, confess to everything the first time through. Yeah. You tried to play it off and then kind of cover your own backside deal. Um, and he said that was a big mistake. And he said when they when they finally sat down to hash it out, he felt like um, the only thing he could do to save his marriage was to resign. And I said, well, do you think you would have been allowed to keep coaching? And he said, I don't know. He said it never came to that because I told him I need to step aside. And he said, that's what you need to do. So they were in agreement. Had Galen gone in there and, and tried to fight for his job, I don't know what would have happened. I think it would have been very hard for Justin to turn his back on that guy, but I also think he was in a real tough spot where that might have been the outcome anyway, and like you kind of alluded to, we'll, we'll never know. Mike Barber is joining us from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. For those who really want to get into the more salacious stuff, there is a Twitter account, at Diggy1973, at D-I-G-G-Y-1973. This is the husband of the woman who was cheating with the Hokies' former co-defensive coordinator, Galen Scott. Uh, do we have any idea, was what, was this husband, did he, did he feel like he was running out of options? Like, did he try private ways to say, stay away from my wife, and, and was 
unsuccessful so that he felt the need? I mean, you mentioned being contacted as a member of the media and also the Hokies administrators and coaches being kind of tagged on these tweets. He was also tagging former Hokies legends in other sports. Like, he just wanted the whole world to know about this and starting asking questions like, is this what the integrity of Virginia Tech athletics is all about? Uh, it sounds like that's a desperate man. Do you know if there were attempts to do it more discreetly? Yeah, you know, I, I emailed back and forth with him a little bit, pointing out that, you know, his name wasn't in any of the emails. His, his wife's name was and Galen Scott's name was. And the sense I got was that this all happened very quickly, that he found out what had been going on, um, kind of confronted his wife, and I think he was just angry. I think he was really angry, yeah. and, and I don't know if that's the way I would go about it in that situation, and you don't know until you're in that you spot. Don't. But I don't know if the, the right answer is to expose all of that dirty laundry for everybody. Um, but he, he just wanted to see, I think he wanted to see Galen Scott punished for, uh, you know, wrecking his marriage. And that's certainly an understandable reaction. And um, he certainly went about it in a very interesting and unique way uh, in terms of contacting everybody in that yeah. Virginia Tech athletic department. And you know, made it a, a very ugly story. But I think from his point of view, it was already as ugly as it was going to be. And I don't know that sharing it made it worse for him. For those rooting for something good to come out of something bad, is it fair to say that Coach Scott's goal here is to keep his marriage and family together? Uh, and, and, you know, that is, I know that was part of the explanation for when he had his mutually agree, agreed upon resignation. Yeah, you know, everybody always says when somebody messes up, they're resigning to spend more time with their family. Yeah. Uh, that's the case here. Yes. You know, he, he's, he's devastated. He's rattled. He did tell me at the end of the interview, hey, I don't know if I'll ever be able to get a coaching job again. Uh, but that didn't come up till the end of the conversation. I mean, this is a guy who um, has made a major mistake and, and hurt his family. I think his number one focus is to, to fix and repair that. I think he's devastated that he let Justin Fuente down on a personal level um, because of that relationship that we alluded to. Um, I think that's probably number two. And number three is this was a young and up-and-coming coach. This was the co-defensive coordinator yeah. alongside Bud Foster. So I think if he's able – to get past, however, however it resolves itself, when he's able to move past all of this, you know, I think Galen Scott is going to be a guy that still has a chance to, to coach this game. I mean, we've seen people get second chances, and I don't want to put a value judgment here of mine, but we've seen people get second chances for things that I would consider worse. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that his career is over, but it's certainly derailed. One thing that's interesting, and then we'll turn the page to the other reason we invited John, Mike Barber of the Richmond Times-Dispatch is joining us here on the David Glenn Show. Just as an outsider who's enjoyed covering the Hokies for over a decade, you know, as members of the ACC at least, I think of Frank Beamer as class and integrity. I, I, in a shorter time, have developed just a professional relationship. You guys, you probably know both of them better than I would, but but a very positive professional relationship. You know, played golf with Coach Beamer, had him on the show dozens of times, uh, have had wonderful face-to-face -face conversations with Justin Fuente, a person I also associate with class and integrity. In the real world, uh, can you be called out for having somebody who has this well-publicized extramarital affair and be questioned about how you run your program? I mean, that would have been the ultimate question here, right, if there hadn't been this resignation. Can you say that this is how we do things when you have this dirty laundry being aired, which by everybody's definition is not the right way to do things? Yeah, and it's a great question, and I think it brings up a really interesting point of, and I don't mean this to cast aspersions like in a wide net here, but 
I, I'm willing to bet that Galen Scott is not the only assistant yeah. football coach in a major school who's had an affair while on recruiting. Yeah. Uh, the difference here is that this became public. This became known. Now, it, that's on Galen Scott. You don't put yourself in that situation. If you don't do the wrong thing, we never have this discussion. But to your point about the program and the perception of the program, once it's known, that's not a defense. You can't say, well, other guys do it too, yeah. and it's not great, but you have to guard your image, and you have to guard the way you do things. And you're right that Virginia Tech, maybe above some other schools, has prided itself on, on sort of that family atmosphere. You know, right or wrong, that was the image they wanted. And if you want that image, and if Justin Fuente's pitch has been, I'm continuing the ways of Frank Beamer, it puts you in a really tough spot. And, and you, there were some other schools where I think it would be easier for a head coach to say, this assistant is going to take two months away. Yeah to fix things with his family and come back. I don't think that would have worked at Virginia Tech. Might have gotten a promotion at Louisville. Just kidding, everybody. (laughs) Just kidding. That was me, not Mike Barber. Mike Barber is joining us, Virginia Tech and ACC beat writer for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. You can blame Mike for laughing at my joke, but don't blame him for the comment himself. That was me, the host of the show, David Glenn Show, for anybody who wants to harass me later. All right, the more fun reason that we invited you on. Uh, Let's start here. You've covered the Edmonds family. Many of us are old enough to remember Dad Farrell Edmonds as the star tight end for the Maryland and Terrapins at the college level, two-time pro bowler in the NFL for the Dolphins, later played for the Seahawks. It is not easy to produce an NFL player. And now the Edmonds family, I know Farrell gives credit to his wife as well, they have produced three players in the last two years out of Virginia Tech, all last named Edmonds. And as you know well and have written about for the Richmond Times-Dispatch, This was the first ever example of brothers ending up in the same first round of the NFL draft. Family-wise, what seeds were planted beyond DNA, right? What what were the upbringings like for Trey, now with the Saints, he was a rookie last year, and now Tremaine with the Bills and Terrell with the Steelers? Yeah, I think, number one, it was a football-loving family, and and that sounds like not a big deal, but but it is a big deal. It wasn't a case where there was an obsessed dad pushing his kid to play or there was one brother that, that wanted to see his younger brother you know, do something he never did. This was a family affair. The whole family loved football. Dad played at such a high level. Um, so I don't think there was pressure in the negative sense on any of these kids to even play the sport. But I think there was a love and an appreciation of the sport of the game. Um, I think it's such a big part of their family that it was natural that all of them would gravitate towards it. What's maybe not natural, or maybe it is exactly that, and it's science, is the fact that all of them excel. I, I mean, these are great athletes. Um, this isn't a, a family of you know guys with one stud recruit and the other ones kind of get brought along. Right. These are these are all really great athletes, really high level players. So I think they grew up uh, enjoying football, and I don't think that that's faded. You know, they. I remember Trey Edmonds, the oldest and. Um, when he got his debut as a running back playing against Alabama, and he went for a, a long touchdown, 70-plus-yard touchdown run. and I think he used the word wonderful six times in the interview to describe that day. And It's just a family that, that really loved football, and because of that, with their physical gifts, it, it never seemed like a burden. It never seemed like a pressure or a chore. Uh, it seemed sort of like their destiny. This is where they were all headed. 
I don't remember if he's still there, but wasn't Dad Farrell Edmonds the head football coach at the same high school? It's kind of close to the North Carolina line, if I remember correctly, where all three Edmonds brothers played before they went to Virginia Tech? That, that sounds familiar. He had been coaching there, yeah. And, he, and obviously his football knowledge um, is something that they could always fall back on. They fell back on each other a lot, too. You know, Terrell could talk to Tremaine. They always, even when Trey transferred for his last year, uh, and then when he went to the NFL, they always talked to him. They they would do kind of those three-way, you know, chats yeah. or the group text. And so, yeah, there's a lot of institutional football knowledge there. Um, and, again, it's, it's not being shoved down these kids' throats in the way that sometimes it becomes a negative. It just was, you know, they could all talk football. They could all talk football at a very high level. And um, I think that fueled what they were able to, to produce and what they were able to be at Virginia Tech. Steelers fans, it is Terrell the safety who went to Pittsburgh 28th overall. That was a fun pick that Ryan Shazier, the injured linebacker, introduced for Pittsburgh. Bills fans, it is linebacker Tremaine Edmonds who went to Buffalo with the 16th overall pick. Again, the first brothers ever to end up in the same first round of any NFL draft. It happened just last Thursday night. We're talking with Mike Barber of the Richmond Times-Dispatch. I read, I think, again, in one of your articles, Tremaine, the higher pick, and really the, the kind of the most hyped of the three brothers, is, as we speak, only 19 years old. I mean, you're the number 16 pick in the NFL draft. That's a man's game, if there's a man's game. Professional American football, right? Uh, what is he like just in terms of physically being ready for what he's about to experience uh and to whatever degree you know sort of mentally as you've interviewed him over the years because if if i I remember it correctly he is about to become the second youngest player in the history of the nfl by the time he plays he will be 20 and a little bit but that's one crazy aspect of this story right absolutely and then you're correct you're right with all those statistics and yeah you know he's a kid he's, he's got the right mental makeup for it um, again, number one is he just enjoys what he's doing. Um, you know, he, he's got great support and he's very confident in his abilities as well. He should be. It's interesting because he showed up at Virginia tech with pretty close to an NFL body. And, and, and I'm not selling the NFL guys short by any stretch. He showed up as just an unbelievable physical specimen. Yeah. He's gotten stronger, but he hasn't lost any of his speed. NFL guys really struggled to figure out who to compare him to. Now you bring up the age and, I've seen the age as a positive and a negative yeah. going into the draft. People are like, hey, man, you know, this kid's only 19. We're only scratching the surface of how great he can be. And then I've heard, hey, man, this kid's only 19. He's not ready for this. Um, I think physically, athletically, he's absolutely ready. I think he has the personality and the mentality that he'll be able to handle it. Uh, you never know what's going to happen with an NFL draft pick. But uh, Tremaine Edmonds, to me, is, despite being 19, he's a pretty safe pick. I have an 18-year-old son myself, and I cannot imagine. Can you imagine standing next to 19-year-old Tremaine Edmonds and saying, "This is this guy." For those who haven't seen him play, he is roughly six foot five, 250 pounds, and athletic enough to play linebacker. Oh, this is my 19-year-old son, Tremaine. I mean, holy cow. It's like he's from a, a different universe. Last thing for you, it was just kind of a quirky, funny part of your coverage, and I enjoyed it. Terrell was where. When the first round phone call came from Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin himself. Yeah, this is great. And you got to understand that Terrell was at the draft to support Tremaine. Right. People were not projecting him 
to be in the first round. Uh, Terrell was in the bathroom. Yeah. Terrell was in the bathroom taking care of business. The phone rang, and he said when he first heard the phone rang, he, he thought it was a prank or one of his buddies checking in. And then he looked down and saw the number, and uh, he said he, he got he answered the call, and he rushed out without even zipping up or doing his belt. <laughs> ran straight to his parents to tell them uh, the good news because, you know, he had already been such a special night for that family. Uh, Terrell Edmonds going in the second or third round would have still been an amazing weekend. And for him to go in the first round to a team like Pittsburgh and to a team that is as high as on him as Pittsburgh is, uh, yeah, funny moment and great <laughs> moment for that family. His name is Mike Barber. Find his coverage in the Richmond Times-Dispatch and at their website. On Twitter, he is at RTD underscore Mike Barber, Virginia Tech and ACC beat writer for that fine publication and website. Really enjoyed the visit, Mike. I admire and respect how you handled two – uh, I guess as dramatically different stories as you will ever cover within a week's time. Thank you for your time on the David Glenn Show. Thanks for having me. You got it. West Chess and Hall of Famer drops by in less than 15 minutes. Your phone calls, 1-800-849-2761. I have more on what to watch in the NBA tonight and what I took away from last night's Celtics over Sixers. More on Ron Francis's dismissal. I didn't like how it was handled. Many of you agree. 1-800-849-2761. The NHL playoffs continue, of course. 1-800-849-2761. In the real world, what if you're not a public figure assistant coach? In the real world, if on social media or otherwise publicly, your extramarital affair becomes public and HR learns about it, I mean, do you get fired? What if you're still doing your job well? What if you're not a public figure representing Virginia Tech, in this case, as an assistant football coach? Do you keep your job? Do you lose your job? I've stayed, for the most part, away from corporate America. I don't even know how that stuff works. I've owned my own company. I make the rules. I wouldn't normally know if one of my employees was having an extramarital affair. And I, knock on wood, can say that none of my employees' extramarital affairs have ever come to my attention where I had to make a determination. Well, he's... Really good at writing those articles. Heck of a photographer, but do I have to fire him because of this or that? I don't know how it works in your world. I'm not sure I know how it works in the real world. It is trickier when you are a public figure. And I think one of the reasons Galen Scott resigned at Virginia Tech was that it is hard to sell representing a football program in a university that likes to claim integrity and usually has lived up to that standard it forces people or causes them to roll their eyes when this guy, as a public representative of your football program, has his name splashed all over these kinds of salacious headlines in the media and especially on social media over the last week or so. Now former co-defensive coordinator Galen Scott of Virginia Tech.